0: Lose the Cape podcast, episode 158. It is October 17th and I am a tiny bit behind production schedule this week, but who is surprised about that? This is Alexa Bigwarf, your host of the Lose the Cape podcast. And there's a very good reason why I named my book, my website, and my podcast Lose the Cape because... I am far from superwoman and I want other people to know that it's okay not to be superwoman too. (laughs) We do the best that we can as moms and sometimes uh, our best is not really stellar, but we are doing the best that we absolutely can and we should not feel bad about the things that we don't do right. It's been kind of a rough time for me. These last few months have just been one thing after the next. And, you know, I I sit back and I ask myself, like, could I have prevented some of the craziness that has gone on in my life? Some of it, yes. Some of it, I just, um, you know, didn't know where to lie down my boundaries or lay down my boundaries. And I just took on too much. And it has resulted in a lot of craziness and insanity and, um, you know, other things are just the normal part of raising three kids and having a family and trying to be a good wife and mother and community member and advocate and activist and, um, loving person and all these things. But anyway, I kind of just wanted to start out this week by saying, if you are in a period of overwhelm and feeling like you can't handle it all and feeling like it's too much, I just want to give you permission to take a deep breath and to say, you don't have to be all the things and do all the things. Like we set such high expectations on ourselves that I don't think anybody else is expecting from us. And if they are, then maybe it's time to tell them to calm down and to look at what you actually can do. That's a tough conversation to have. So I know that's one of those things easier said than done, but for me, like It's requiring me to really take a step back and to figure out like what it is I want to be doing and what it is I want to be going on in my life. And I'll just give you a quick example. Last night, I was starting to have chest pains and I've been having a lot of um, just like feelings of absolute anxiety. Part of it is because I've gotten completely off track on my diet because we're moving and I've been going to conferences and we've been trying to close on two houses and all of, or sell one and buy another one, get one ready to put on the market. Selling is, you know, wishful thinking at this point, but like just so much happening and all these book launches, which are phenomenal, but they take a, a lot, like, They take a lot. And, um, and, and I just, I was laying in bed last night with all these thoughts going through my head and all these, like, just like my chest started hurting. And I was like, if I were to have a heart attack and die right now, what has it been for? What has it been for? I've done a whole lot of things for a lot of other people. And, and what am I leaving for my kids? What am I leaving for my husband? What have I done lately? to make their worlds a good place. And I know this is super deep for our, our podcast and like, but I just, I I share this story because I want everybody to know that sometimes, you know, we put forward this brave face and this, this, these smiles and these, everything is going great when behind the scenes, everything might not be going great at all. So if you're having a tough time, you're not alone And I encourage you to come on over to Your Mom Squad on Facebook. You can get the link in our show notes if you can't find it. I think it might be a private group, but maybe not. You can go to Facebook and just search Your Mom Squad. Or you can go to losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 158. You'll get all of today's show notes and you'll get um, the links to everything we talk about. But, you know, come join us over there and share over there because... Anxiety and depression and mental health, like they can spin out of control before you even know what has happened. Um, or you could be suffering in silence when you just need somebody to listen to you and tell you that you're okay and that it's going to be okay and to to hear you. Um, and I had a, a friend's sister recently committed suicide. And it's like, you you wonder, like, sometimes like these things are going on and people have no idea that they're happening. Other times we're so involved in our own lives, we don't see the signs or we don't hear the signs, and or we don't hear, you know, whatever, whatever I'm trying to say. Like, or, or we're so busy trying to show everybody that we've got this, that we can do it, that we don't need help, that we don't ask for help, and then we get to a place where we are just struggling. Um, I have another girlfriend who. She, we met because her, she also lost one of her twin daughters to twin to twin transfusion syndrome. So she is a single survivor and they tried for a long time to have another baby and they finally had another baby and she was born really early and with a whole lot of problems. She has a shunt in her, in her brain and she's just the sweetest, cutest baby in the whole world, but she has a lot of medical issues and she just recently was, um, re-hospitalized and had to have surgery. And her mother is the sweetest, most just like, does not want to ask anybody for help on anything, just doesn't want to bother people. And she posted about the surgery and the fact that they're still in the hospital. And I said, how can I help you? What is it? What can I send to help you? And what can I do? Can I, can I send you gift cards for meals? Can I send you gift cards for the gas driving back? And you know, what, what can I do that will be of help? And she's like, oh, I don't need any help. I just want your thoughts and prayers. And I'm like, honey, you need help. Don't be afraid to ask for it. I am happy to send you. And I'm going to send her a gift, some gift cards anyway, because I remember what life was like in the NICU and how much we spent on gas, just driving back and forth two or three times a day. Um, the stress of trying to find childcare for the other children. I mean, it's, it's expensive to have a child in the hospital. And uh, you know, I understand that she doesn't want to ask people for help, but I want you to know it's okay to ask people. It's okay to say you need help. It's okay to admit that we are not, that we need help. Okay? Please, please just know that. So this is a really super long introduction that has absolutely nothing to do with today's guest, but it's just what was on my heart for today. A couple of announcements. You've heard us talking about our gift guide, our holiday gift guide, the uh, window for being a part of that, uh, it closes on Friday. So if you're interested in promoting your business or your product or your services, uh, through our Lose the Cape gift guide, we will be doing a um, blog post on it. We will doing a, be doing a whole podcast episode dedicated to talking about these businesses and services. We will be sending out information over social media, running um, paid promos, etc., um, and sending to our email list. So we are excited about it. But make sure you head on over to LoseTheCape.com to find out more information or, about the holiday gift guide or it's in lose the cape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 158 today's show notes if you want to grab it there okay so for today's guest uh Heather Vickery I was on her podcast not too long ago she runs a great podcast called The Brave Files where she interviews um people about stories of of struggle and strife and and difficult things that they've come through so kind of a lot of the things that we talk about as well with our um with our live bravely series and um we just had such a phenomenal conversation with her by the way heather is a contributor to our book that is launching in just two weeks, the Lose the Cape Guide to Becoming uh, Politically and Socially Engaged and How to Raise Tiny Activists. And we talk about activism and advocacy and how you get involved in in the discussion, both a political and social policy changes, all of those things, and how you involve your kids and raise them into that, uh, into knowing how to use their voice and why it's important and becoming involved in the community and all those types of things. So... You know, we we talk about so many interesting things in this interview. Um, Heather is a, uh, um, she is a lesbian raising four daughters and with her partner. And we talk about that whole, how all that came about and her fascinating story behind her awakening and her realization of who she is and who she wanted to be. And um, we talk about her podcast and we talk about, um, politics. And we just, we really had a very interesting, very diverse conversation. I really think you'll find it um, worthy of listening to. And uh, and I, I look forward to hearing people's responses to this one. Um, it's a great conversation. So enjoy the show. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Lose the Cape podcast. I'm Alexa Bigwarf. And I'm Nancy (laughs) this. And one day, we will get that right. (laughs) We were just telling our guests today that it's a very laid-back podcast interview, and we were just demonstrating that it doesn't have to be perfection across the board. So today, we are really happy to have a (laughs) bigger As our special guest, she is an award-winning entrepreneur, business owner, and transformational life and business coach. But Heather isn't just a savvy businesswoman, she's also an inspiration. The founder of Vickery and Co, Heather is a featured expert on achieving an authentic and meaningful life and designing your own roadmap for balance and success. She does this while raising four little girls. As the mother of four, Heather's world turned upside down after a major life transformation and divorce. Suddenly, she had the freedom to be her most authentic self. She discovered that this same authenticity empowered her with the confidence she needed to repair, rebuild, and reach her life's vision and goals. Today, she leverages her entrepreneurial skills and expertise to coach individuals towards greater personal and professional fulfillment. Through her story of personal bravery, perseverance, and resilience, Heather inspires audiences and empowers attendees with the tools they need to live bold and meaningful lives. She's a strong believer in strengthening her community, and she also serves as a board president for the Children's School, as vice president on the board of directors for the About Face Theater, Chicago's premier LGBTQ theater. She's obsessed with Hamilton, an American musical, and loves to travel. I have... St- still not seen Hamilton and I have a good friend who lives in Chicago and is all she ever talks about
1: come on I've seen it three Welcome. times and I enter the lottery every day hi I was like wow that's the world's longest bio Heather I uh, need to send a short is isn't it funny when you hear someone else reading oh my like, god Holy crap that's a- yeah and also you have an old version because now the last line is she's also the host of the brave files podcast
0: Uh, Exactly, which we are going to talk about in a second here. But first, I'm like, it's funny when I always say this to people because they turn around and ask me the same thing, but how do you make all of those things happen? Like all of my, I'm doing a lot of stuff, but I try to maintain it to stuff that's in my house because Mm. so I don't have to go. But when you're adding on boards and things like that, where you actually have to get dressed and go out and
1: (laughs) Yes, I have. Okay, you, you guys can see me, but your listeners cannot see me. I'm in what I have referred to as my summer dress. I have this dress in four different styles, and awesome. it, it's. It, can I, It doesn't require me to wear a bra. <laughs> nice, and it has pockets. So, like <laughs> everything you pockets. pockets- no this what I'm talking about. Pockets. I put my phone and my keys in the pocket and I leave the house and I look somewhat decent because it's a cute little dress. And yeah, four my kids have died. They're like, You wear those four dresses every day. I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do in the winter.
0: I love it. I love it. I don't oh, know. Well, I mean, the I winter is easy, just
1: leggings and a big sweater. I don't have to oh, wear a bra then either. Is that, I can't <laughs> your your podcast talking about my dislike of bra, but I would be a bra, a bra burner in the sixties. would. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. I think I'm too well endowed to not wear a bra anywhere, anytime. So <laughs> I need to work <laughs> on some weight and then my- I can burn my bra too.
1: <laughs> my, 13, my Mine aren't small. I actually, it's a little known secret about me. This could be my, you know, when you go to a new a new group and they'll say tell us one thing that we don't you don't know about you already um i had a breast reduction when i was 15 because oh they were gosh. huge and my almost 14 year old is is in this boat and she has discovered that like joy of you come home and the first thing you do is take your bra off and you're like oh god that feels good. <laughs> sorry we are way off topic oh there's just there's, edit there's, all this shit up
0: no there's no oh no this is the best part of the conversation <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, I hope you wanted people to know that story because it's staying in there. I'm in. I don't care.
0: <laughs> that is so funny. All right. Well, you are up to a lot of things, and I can only imagine uh, what life was like when you. How old were your kids when you wound up divorcing?
1: Oh, so when we actually split houses, we stayed married for a year and a half after we split houses. Oh my the gosh, baby had just. You no, know, she was a little over one. She's. <gasps> five now. So it's it's been about four and a half years. Um And prior to that, the divorce process took three years. I mean, oh. long time, right? We just, we weren't in a hurry. You don't get married to get divorced. Right. My circumstances were a little bit different than a lot of people who are going through a divorce, which we can, I'm sure get into, but they were pretty little. My oldest was in fourth grade when we told her we were getting the divorce. And then it was another eight months before we got a separate house wow yeah wow
0: you must be really nice people to each other because Mm,
1: sometimes
0: sometimes yes I mean I went through (laughs) a separation last year in fact this time last year my husband and I were just getting back together again but congrats yeah. Some, sometimes it works. It's It takes work. But for you. Yeah. but I cannot even imagine during those initial first months when we decided to split, I cannot even fathom what it would have been like to be under the same roof.
1: Yeah. Well, so it's it's totally different for me, right? I got a divorce because I came out mm-hmm. and there was this internal process, which was years long of me figuring my own shit out. Mm-hmm. And then he found out and- we immediately went into couples counseling. Could we live like this? Could it be okay? He was all free love. Like you do what you need to do, but let's stay married. <laughs> um, and right. And I, you know, I, like I said before, you don't get married to get divorced. Like that's not ever the plan. So I tried, like we tried to stay married really hard mm-hmm. and we worked on it. I could never, my kids will always know that we did everything we could to make it work. And the thing is, it doesn't work.
0: No. And
1: I lived in so much fear all the time. It was, felt awful. I couldn't be myself. And eventually I had this awakening moment. I, I talk about it when I do public speaking, where I was sitting at the breakfast table across from all four of my daughters. And I was so miserable and so scared of everything all the time. And I thought, what the hell would I tell them to do? If they came to me in this situation, what's the advice I would give? And it wasn't, well, you made your bed, now sleep in it. it. wasn't suck it up. It was go do the thing, right? Be yeah. who you are. The world will like you better. You will like you better. And more importantly, I thought if I don't do that, they won't know they can. Oh, that is yeah. so true. And that, that was so it. So true. Uh,
0: you know, I have to be honest with you, like when I was deciding whether to stay or go to, I mean, there's always fear. It's hard mm-hmm. when you're a mom of little kids. And I mean, just to imagine like trying to do it by yourself, even split is, is hard to to do, but that's the same thing that Rick kept running through my mind is, is this what I would want my daughter, my sweet little girl, is this yeah. what I would want for her to be feeling this way every single day? And, um, the answer was no. And I didn't want to model that for her.
1: Yeah. And it, you know, it doesn't mean that you don't, you said like yourself, it's hard work. Mm -hmm. Marriage is hard work and divorce is hard work. And Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is hard work. Like all of the things are hard. So I don't want them to think that they get off the hook. You don't have to work hard. Right. right. But also at some point you got to check in with yourself and say, is this worth it? Is there more good than bad? You know, you got to trust yourself and for me, coming out and actually going through with the divorce, it changed everything. It's funny, very similar. This is a, I've never put this correlation together, like getting my breast reduction we just talked about. I, me, it, Alexa, you know me, I was this sort of quiet, shy kid because my boobs were so big that I looked heavy. I wouldn't wear anything tight. Right. And I just sort of hid into myself because I didn't want anyone to pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. And then I had a breast reduction and I was like, Whoa, look at my bikini. Right. I was in, <laughs> and my dad would tell you like, it was like, you were two different people. Yeah. Once you felt good about yourself, what you presented to the world changed everything and coming out and getting a divorce did the exact same thing Aww. to me. Well, you were, you were hiding.
0: I was absolutely. I mean, whether you knew it or not, whether it was purposefully or not, like.
1: Did not know. You were (laughs) hidden. It's easy to see. Yeah. In In retrospect, it's very easy to see. I'd cut off lots of people that I loved and cared about. And, you know, we're I'm just now sort of getting all of those people back into the fold and it's pretty lovely. You know, I think this is one of the most amazing things. I promise we're going to get
0: Nancy into this conversation in in and hear. <laughs> Sorry, Nancy, <laughs> but, like, oh. but um, no, uh,
2: you know, I just like <laughs> you know, because one of the things that like I'm thinking about when you talk about this is that like there are so many parallels to my mother's story, but yeah. at the same time, it's my mother's story. So I'm like thinking about like how much of that is my story to tell.
1: Mm. yes but you You have at the
2: same time at the same time I'm like I can like so relate to what you're saying just because I know what my mother went through
1: yeah and my father you were part of that story right it affected you it shaped you because that's what we do as parents we shape our children with our own stories so you get to own part of that well,
0: yeah. and, and their story is your story. I mean, yeah. that was your life. So her story was very much, I mean, like you just said, that shapes shapes your story. But I think one of the best things, we're going to come back to this because Heather talks more about her story in our upcoming book. And we're going to talk about this and dig a little more into it. And Nancy can share whatever she wants to share when we get into the conversation. Because now I see her like retracting her steps. So we'll see what comes up. (laughs) Well, I'm like, I always have to be thinking
2: about, okay, when my mother listens to this, is she like going to be mad at
0: me? Why would she
1: be mad at you? I don't think so. I don't know. None of my family yeah.
0: or my friends listen to
1: my podcast. So Me either. <laughs> maybe my friends, but certainly not my family. Some of my
0: friends, maybe, but no one in my no one in my family listens to it. So I can pretty much say whatever I want because I know it's not gonna hurt anyone because they're not here to listen. But yes, you have to be careful. Oh, well, one of these days my husband's actually gonna start listening and he's gonna be like, I cannot believe you talked about that. But anyway, I think. <laughs> One of the most magnificent things of coming into the 40s, because I am now Mm -hmm. in the 40s, -hmm. is that... It's like we're having this moment of Caterpillar to Butterfly experience yes. across the board. And I love seeing all my friends and colleagues like get released into their true selves. It's amazing.
1: It really is. It's no joke. And I I don't know how old you are, Nancy, but you look a lot younger than me.
0: So
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't think I bought it. I thought it, we were all kind of full of all these older women were sort of full of shit, right? (laughs) But there was something about 40 and I'm 43 now, I'll be 44 this year. That was like the, it butterfly is a perfect example, magical release of give a shit. Yes. I don't have to do that. I don't have to live like that. That doesn't have to be acceptable to me. Screw it. And people fucking love it. Yeah, that was a big word on your podcast. That's okay. We don't, we don't, we, um,
0: we'll make sure to put a disclaimer before the beginning of (laughs) the,
1: Heather (laughs) uses bad words.
0: people (laughs) have already realized this is not a podcast to listen to with your children just because of the, (laughs) which as a podcaster, you'll get this. It really makes me mad that moms have to put their podcast in the kids and family category.
1: Oh, I don't do that. Do you put yours
0: as <laughs> an entrepreneur? Where do you put that's yours? Bullshit. Personal journeys. Oh, gosh. I'm going to have to look at this category. I don't Personal think I yeah. even found that one. I'm always- Because
1: that's what I'm doing. I'm telling stories. Okay. I'm going to look
0: that up. Personal journeys. Because I'm yeah. really tired of being labeled in the kids and family category. Nope. This is not a kids and family podcast. No. No way. All right. I don't think I've yeah. ever seen that as an option. It's there. Okay. I'll yeah. look now. I will look. Anyway. So, yes. It's- um. You know, it, it's it it is. It's it's fantastic to me. I mean, I laugh when I turned forty, like, uh, or when I was getting ready in that whole time frame, the the thirty nine ish forty to forty one. Mm-hmm. Like in mm-hmm. that window of time, I lost a bunch of weight. I got separated. <laughs> I dyed my hair purple. I got yes. two. <laughs> I was
1: like, you were like, I'm coming <laughs> Came out it's in my true. own way. <laughs> it, we, we, they always called a midlife crisis, but it, crisis is not the right it's word. A it's a crisis. midlife awakening. It, absolutely,
0: yeah. it was wonderful. Well, before yeah. we get into the book and more back to your journey, because your journey is, I think, just very intriguing and and beautiful. And I Thank mean, you. it's it should be a book. I hope you're thinking about a book. Yeah. And well, I let's hope- talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk about it a lot. No, I'm just kidding. But we, um, let's talk about your podcast. Okay. Brave
1: files. Yeah. Which you were a guest on. So everybody needs I to go know. now go listen to Alexa's episode. It will um, be in the
0: show notes for sure.
1: It was a fun <laughs> episode. I enjoyed it. Thank you. I loved having you on. Um, yeah. So my podcast is called the brave files and we have it's about five months old what i do is i interview people who are out living courageously people who have stepped out of fear and into bravery which is very much my own story it's also what i do professionally as a coach help people sort of make that step but the the point is we all every single one of us have the opportunity to live courageously and to make brave choices there are so many options throughout your day to choose the brave option and not the safe option. Mm-hmm. And so we tell, I told your story, we tell stories of social justice warriors, people who have fought breast cancer while pregnant and now they're both survivors, oh, oh, a really woman much. who was a surrogate for friends of hers who couldn't have babies. Um, I mean, the, the stories are so vast and so wide. My most recent episode, which by the time this airs, it will be much older, but is a woman who um, started a, a program called the Gender Cool Program, and she's got a, a transgender daughter. And she said, all of the language around these transgender children is really negative, and I've had enough. So this project is about all of the wonderful things, the things that they want to do when they grow up and how what great kids they are. Just being transgender is, is just a thing. Check on a box, right? It's not; it doesn't define them. Um, so i I've wanted to start a podcast for years, and there were all these ideas. I was going to do like a, a talk show one, like where every week it, it would be a di- for a month, there'd be a different topic. We're like, let's talk about movies, let's talk about books. Mm-hmm. I just want to talk to people, right? And then one day, I was sitting in my kitchen, and I thought, oh, the Brave Files. I could tell, I could interview people who could tell their story of stepping out courageously. And, and that's something people can connect with. And that's what it does. It connects us on a deeply human level where we go, Oh, if they can do that, I can do that. Or I'm not alone. You have some level of inspiration or motivation or connection or encouragement. And it's extraordinary. I'm about to pass. I'm hoping that it's today. And uh, today's wow. date is what? The 29th of August. So I don't know when you'll air, but the 29th of August, I'm 51 downloads away from 5,000 Yeah, in, in four and a half months. That's awesome. That is and so great. I really feel like it's connecting. It's very exciting to me. And I just, I love all my guests and I love people who are listening.
0: Well, that's, I mean, that's really what, um, so my podcast host last year, her name is Aubrey and we started in that direction. Like we had changed our series name to live bravely and really talking to, we've been, I tell people like we're going through, we're going through our own transformation and like exploration yeah. of what's happening with lose the Cape too, because, you know, same with me. I love to talk to people. I started my, I started the podcast cause we'd written the book and I was a stay at home mom and my kids were like one, three and five. And, and I was like, I, I need people. How did you podcast? Uh, Like how did you get it quiet enough to start it? Oh my gosh, it's so funny. I'm in the upstairs now and we it used to be like our (laughs) guest room, playroom, everything room. So I would come up I would literally we used freeconferencecall.com at the time. I didn't have any fancy equipment. We would both call in and I would literally run from room to room in my house to wherever it was most (laughs) quiet as I was conducting these interviews. I love it. So funny, going back and listening to the first one it 's literally like um, so what do you do every day because i don 't know what to do with these three little people
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> How do right? you,
0: what are, you know what are, I just wanted to know what moms were doing so we 've evolved then we got into the entrepreneurship world, and mm-hmm. I like that world that 's largely who our our audience is moms who are working at home or from home, building businesses, all that kind of stuff, but the itch is deep for something more and we've really been getting into this whole era of telling stories and the whole live bravely series like people that are that are doing other things we had speaking of transgender I like to promote promo this one as often as we can because it's so important we had a guest on um Nathan who was identified female at birth and is a man Um, and now, and, or is a man because they feel like that's always, always
1: F to M transition.
0: That's right. And, um, he has, is married to a a woman who's actually, he's a straight
1: man. Yeah. There's a C
0: identity. It's it's, yes, but no, their story is really interesting because his wife is also transgender, still straight male to female. (laughs)
1: still straight. Right. So, but it's
0: crazy. I'm not crazy. Like they're crazy, like crazy to wrap your head around. Interesting. It is. Interesting.
1: Yes. I mean, that's something that we talk to people about all the time. Your sexual identity is completely separate from your gender identity. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally different. Which is why if Nathan, (laughs) if Nathan is male and Nathan's partner is female, no matter how they started out, they're straight. Right, And still part of the LGBTQ plus family.
0: (laughs) So it's, it's super interesting, but he, he was, um, talking to us. We had just had a a child in our community, a 15 year old transgender commit suicide. Oh yeah. Killing me. I know. And it was very, very heartbreaking. And I've actually since become friends with the mother because she and my sister are neighbors. And so mm. she, my sister introduced us after the fact, but Nathan was telling us a lot about the depression that he's dealt with through yeah. his life and feeling like something was wrong with him. And so our conversation to me is the epitome of what you're trying to do, what we're trying to do, having these conversations that make people think he just, we wanted to, to tell people we wanted to see him as a human and for people to understand if they're around other transgender teens, how to behave, how to talk to them, how to help, not help them like you're helping them, but how to be normal Gotta around them. to be a them. friend.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. And um, I guess that's the thing. These kids are losing their assumptions, which is pretty mm-hmm. magical. Yes. Um, and now it's just really, not only is it okay, it's encouraged to, if you aren't sure Ask somebody what are your pronouns, right? Let's give them the chance to tell you who they want to be instead of making assumptions about who you think they are.
0: That that's exactly what we were talking about in the conversation. I was like, I told you at the beginning, like sometimes I just say awkward things. That's just kind of my personality. I'm not trying to be (laughs) awkward, it just happens. But I told him I was like you know, correct me. If I use a term that's wrong, if I say something that's offensive, first of all, no, I am not trying to offend you in any way, shape or form. I just don't know. Don't and know. I want to be educated. So yeah. educate me. And he yes. was great. He let me ask some questions off the air that I would never dream of asking on the air, but curiosity, you know, I, I like, I want to know and understand Yeah. and I need to know things, but I didn't want to put him in an uncomfortable position.
1: Sure. So.
0: Yeah. So, But it was great. It was a great conversation. And I feel so much better as a human that now I can try and advocate to to other people that don't get it at all. And when somebody says something stupid, like, I can't believe you're going to have transgender in our bathrooms, they're going to rape my child. Be like, really? Let's think about this first. They just
1: want to use the bathroom.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. You know. Get me all worked up. Yes, I know. It's a, it's, it is... This is the this is the challenge: is still being able to have these kinds of conversations and maintain our umbrella of encouragement to moms and kindness mm -hmm, and love, mm -hmm. because it is really easy to get carried away and angry really fast. Yes, that's my current Mm -hmm. challenge. (laughs) Yes, it's just so
2: interesting, like how many different bubbles there are.
0: Uh
2: Because I, you know, I my bubble is such that I have never. Had a situation where somebody was like, I don't want transgender people in my bathroom. Like, I just, Lucky you know, girl. like my bubble, people, you know. Yeah,
1: people, my, bub- like, in the my other bubble direction. is great, also. Yeah, I love my bubble.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, and I just, but you know, I'm definitely like at the point, especially now that I just moved to California, I like have to kind of figure out where my bubble is. Um, You know, like, I'm like, I I feel like, like, since the election, I, like, have had to be more careful about who my safe people are, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people that I never thought would vote for Trump, voted for Trump. And I was like, oh, wait, so we actually don't have the same values? Like, I thought we did. But, you know, like, and I, like, just wanted to say to these people, so you voted for somebody that makes fun of disabled people and i'm, I'm disabled. disabled
1: That's <laughs> i'm disabled thing, right? and then they go oh, but, but not that part i didn't mean mm-hmm. that part right or the ga- right oh but i don't care about the gay people like but yeah but you just screwed everybody
2: right and and also like you you voted for somebody that has the endorsement of like the ku klux klan and i'm your friend and i'm jewish so yeah okay and then like you're Voted for somebody that thinks it's okay to
0: sexually assault women, but we're women. That's the one that gets me. Uh, like I would all just all like. You, stuff, I can I can understand how people aren't paying attention to all that other stuff. I I mean because of my position and who I am and just what i is in my bubble, right? But that one right there is the hardest one for me to. Get.
2: I would just like how how you're really gonna tell your daughter that you think it's acceptable for somebody yeah. to walk around grabbing vaginas? Yeah. I mean like like how do you explain that to your children that you are okay with the president that thinks that he has the right to just randomly grab somebody's genitals Uh, i
1: i met a woman once who said that kind of stupid talk doesn't scare me and i thought this is the patriarchy at work right Mm -hmm. because she is so conditioned to think well that's just the way it is locker room boys, talk will boys, boys will be boys all that bullshit mm-hmm. so conditioned to think that that's okay that they don't see beyond it right and right. i was I, like it well like... i am not i'm i am scared of stupid to talk because that's fucking ridiculous
2: because and the, the crazy thing the is that like it, it wasn't just action right it wasn't just locker room talk like he right. actually did it i know oh just i know like, I'm like to, trying to imagine these people having their daughter come home and be like, somebody, somebody touched me inappropriately today, and having that mom and dad being like, well, that's okay. That's just the way boys are. They're yeah. allowed to touch you wherever right, they want. Right. What's exactly. interesting that you
1: bring this up, though, Nancy, because I think we were headed this direction, but that's, uh, I think, my opener in my piece uh, for yeah. the new book, oh, yeah. <laughs> is having this conversation post-election with my daughter, who... I don't want to give anything away. I don't know, Alexa, how much we want to give away, but she was very sweet and overprotective of me and LGBTQ rights, but unaware of how damaging and detrimental this could be to her as a woman. Ah. You know, like, they could, because they think, I mean, because kids, like,
2: don't, um, it's, like, hard for them to fathom that they could possibly live in a world where there are people out there that like think that they shouldn't do certain things or that like they, you know, it's like what I said, everybody has a different bubble.
1: Yeah. you know, That's what scares just, me about watching The Handmaid's Tale. I'm like, I could see it. I'm it, scared of terrifying. it. It's yeah.
0: terrifying. It's, it's ter- reading that book is terrifying in, in present times because you really, you really could see that happening. And, and, you know, I, I try to take a deep breath and I try to say, you know, back five years ago, I would have said it's going to be okay. Common sense will eventually prevail. Everything's going to balance out again. The problem is we've conditioned ourselves to think that that's the that that is what's going to happen, that everything's going to be okay without any hard work. Exactly. But the reality is they're chipping, 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 chipping a little bit. And so all of a sudden, something that seems like would have been impossible a decade ago, like the overturn of Roe v. Wade, no matter how much they talk about it, with what is about to happen makes that a very, very real
1: it does, and then what happens? And I, mean, I think marriage equality is, in and danger. marriage equality yeah. is yeah. No matter what as yeah. well.
0: I mean, it's just
2: crazy that, like, right now people are living in fear of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying because once she dies,
1: <laughs> we're screwed. Like, oh, she can't die. There like, will like, be no she's dying. I mean, not allowed to die. I mean, we need to know who I to mean, pray for. Put your prayers on that one. know, <laughs> right? yeah. like absolutely. To- <laughs> I have a good friend who is a a federal appellate judge in Florida, and she and I were just recently talking, and and she said, while everybody's watching the dog and pony show, uh, and they're important things, we're talking being a traitor, we're talking about big important things, no one's noticing that he has systematically disassembled our judicial system. Yes. She said that they are so handicapped. It's like having the CEO of Apple not believe in electronics and you have to use pencil and paper. Right. She said we we can there's very little that we can do. We were sort of I was sort of counting on the judicial system to save us. Yes. And she's like, yeah, we're doing the best we can. She's like, but you got to vote. Like she's still like you can do this. You, you got to get out. You, you got to wreck the vote. Can. You got to do the thing, but it's scary. So so this is the underlying
0: theme of our book, and I'll go ahead and talk a little bit about the book because, um, uh, so Nancy and I are both very socially and, and politically active and engaged. And I've always, I majored in politics. Like this is this is my wheelhouse. I love talking about the way things work and function and how we do these things and getting involved. And I mean, my favorite show for a long time was The West Wing. Like, I love it, I love it, I love it. And I think it's sad to me that, The conditioned response of almost everybody in our country, certainly most females, definitely every sorority girl in the South, is that we don't talk politics, we don't talk money, and we don't talk religion. That's so sad. It is sad. Oh, it's sad on many levels. But like through this book, we I want to say, you know what? You can have open and and calm conversation have to talk all of those about topics. it. We have to talk about it. Um, we are not a theocracy or an autocracy, which means mm. we, you cannot make laws that only govern to one part of society yes. right It has to be a way that we protect all of our citizens and all of our and everything that's going on. and, and for us as mothers, we are raising the next group. You know, so it has, we, we play a role in this. And, and not only that, like if put that all aside, like we have to realize that there's not a single thing from the time we get out of bed in the morning until the time we go to bed at night that isn't somehow governed in That's some right. respect. That's right and it has to be something that we're able to have open conversations about i used to be republican i don't care who you vote for i really don't except for the fact that it does matter in the long run and you except should that you educate do <laughs> but you should be educated on what them if yeah if, if you truly believe that an anarchist white supremacy society is what you want and that's who you vote for that's what our country stands for is voting for who you want to be there but be educated don't yeah. just vote for him because he's republican and or because be like, he's oh, famous fuck, we just yeah. elected a nazi <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> sorry I just absolutely <laughs> no you have to know and, and i think though that 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 is the number one game changer. If anything's going to save us, it's learning to talk about it respectfully, right? Like we don't all have to agree, Mm -hmm. but we do be able to have to be able to ask questions and understand. I was on a plane coming back from a conference in Iowa a couple of months ago, and there was a gentleman sitting next to me who was a 43 year old white Southern man, owns a business. Very nice gentleman. We started chatting and it became clear that this was like the Olympics of all that I have trained for when it comes to <laughs> activism, because he, we, we started talking, I have girls, he has boys. We started talking about, you know, is it a boy, a girl's responsibility if a boy gets worked up because she can, she's showing her shoulders. Like, I'm like, it's my kid. will tell you. Like, you need to control yourself because my shoulders have nothing to do with you. And he, right. you know, he's like, well, but, you know, the boys, they have these feelings. I said, yes, they can have those feelings. They just can't act on those feelings, right? So we started to chat. We talked a lot about race. And mm. I talked a lot about uh, LGBTQ rights. And I hadn't come out to him yet because I knew that I had an upper hand right now. Mm. And he, he's starting to trust me. And then the, towards the end, I came out and he was like, what? You're gay? And I said, yes. And he goes, I swear to God, did Ellen make you gay? <laughs> and he was dead serious. He goes, because she's so cute and funny. And I thought, oh, the girls are going to want to be like her. She's going to make people gay. She's like, no,
0: it, friend, doesn't, it doesn't work, work like, like that,
1: that honey. But, but we spent two hours in intense conversation where he would ask me straight up questions about things like... Um, You know, why do people on welfare need cell phones? Mm. They don't, if they they can't, you know, pay their rent, why do they need a cell phone? I said, have you ever tried to get a job when you don't have an address or a phone number for people to contact you with? Oh, no, (sighs) right? So to his credit... He asked these questions and like I said, like, I feel like I've been in training my whole life. I very calmly was able to turn it around and say, imagine if this were you or think about it this way. And he left and he said, I'm, I'm really going to think about this. I'm going to ask more questions and I'm going to have more conversations and stop and listen. And it was, I felt like I'd won the lottery when it was over because while I don't think I changed his mind on everything, I do think I opened his his mind.
0: And I I think he probably changed his heart. I hope so. I really feel like, in a lot of times, for me, I was really lucky. I was raised by two very white, conservative Christian people, but we were also military. And the best thing that ever happened to us was getting moved to Germany. When, mm. in the 80s. Travel, and do it for you. Travel, being exposed to different culture, hearing people speak different languages, yep. opening our eyes to all kinds of different things. And that just set me on a path that has just always you know, continued to um, move me forward in seeking these things. But you nailed it right there. You didn't come out and exactly say it, but the fact that you were willing to sit there patiently and mm-hmm. calmly mm-hmm. not get riled up not come screaming out guns ablazing. I'm a gay pro feminist you know whatever and you're not going to talk to you know you yeah. didn't you gave him the opportunity to know and trust you and like yep. you yep. and then give him things to think about that were not inflammatory it wasn't like you stupid bigoted blah 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 no, no, you know no. like yeah. just think about it and that's what kind of yeah. happened to me on a lot of the on a lot of the race, not just necessarily race stuff, but definitely socioeconomic stuff. I worked in a restaurant in Charleston, South Carolina, and there was a a man I adored who was the dishwasher in there. His name was Johnny. He was probably in his late fifties, black man. And we just had a strange conversation one day. I don't even know where it came from, but I asked him like, I think I just asked him, why do you still work at this little French restaurant? Why aren't you doing other things or whatever? And he said, and he told me a story and his story changed my life. And it was just a simple story. It was... I had to quit school when I was in seventh grade because my dad died and my mom couldn't support all the kids. I never had the opportunity to try and catch up with education because I was 12 years old and had to go to work doing whatever I could do. And he was like, and it's just, and you know, he told me in his, in his speak, which was a little bit different words, but you know, his story was that now he has children and the best he can do for himself is on, as, as a dishwasher, but luckily they paid him pretty well in this particular restaurant, but he doesn't have time to go back to school because he's working as many hours as he can to make sure his children have a better life. That's right. And yeah. all of his children graduated high school and the very first one was going to college. So he's changed. That's exciting. It yeah. is exciting, but yeah. it's like, you know, then I hear people in my family talking this whole same thing about like people on welfare, they don't deserve this or that. And I'm like, well, how, how, when have you ever experienced anything? And what do you even know?
1: And, and how <laughs> hard is it when you're down? How hard is it to get back so up or to get up for the right. first time? And that was, yeah. It's- I mean, we all benefit from some kind of welfare. I mean, these
2: yes. people who think even when you're not on welfare, Getting um getting a tax break on your mortgage interest is a form of welfare for middle class people.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know,
2: you know. So like These you, social all get yeah. some kind of benefit from the government. Like you, we all get some kind of help. You know, I mean, nobody asked you to pay out of your own pocket for the road to be paved in front of your house.
0: There are plenty you know, of like, year olds that are capable of working full time that get social I security. Don't. That's right. So let's not pretend no. that this is just a... anyway. No. Uh, so what what you know, we could go on for hours on that conversation. But what <laughs> I just really wanna pull from it is that It is possible to have these kind of conversations without getting riled up, without getting crazy, without getting ugly, without deciding that because you believe one way and he believes another way, you just can't talk about it. And it's possible to have political and social discussions without going nuts. Yeah. And that's I'll
1: give him (laughs) credit. You know, he didn't go nuts on me either, but I do think people will mimic your Mm -hmm. body language. And that's uh, one thing I will say. It's funny because somebody just commented on it this morning. I do have a calmness Mm -hmm. about me. And when, you know, I started my career as an event planner and I literally would book clients who would come in to see a space and they would see me setting up and they would say, Oh, you're so calm. And a parent at the school open house this morning said, you know what I love about you, Heather, you always look so in control and calm. (laughs) So I know I gave him that, but when you, that's why it works for me because when you do that, people can give you that energy back. But I, I was so excited. And when I retold the story, so many of my friends were like, Oh, I would have gotten upset. I would have put my headphones on. I would have turned away. And I was like, but that doesn't change anything. And I was so grateful for this opportunity to be in conversation
0: absolutely and that's the only yeah. way that it will change yeah I mean I mean go ahead Nancy I don't know what I was gonna say but I just,
2: <laughs> you know, just basically like just agreeing and I'm just like thinking about something that happened um last week with like a neighbor that I just met and I like in that moment I like didn't know what to say because I was like trying to figure out if she just I don't know. It had, like, it had to do with, it had to do, well, I mean, like, it had to do with religion. So, Mm. you know, and I, and and so I was, like, do, I I don't know if I want to, like, go there with this person that I just met, and that is my neighbor, and my son plays with her son. And I also, like, couldn't figure out, like, what she meant by what she said. And so what she said, basically, was, um, that she she was talking about some kids in the school that like talk about how proud they are to be Jewish. And so I was like, um and I didn't know she knew that I was Jewish. I don't know. And I wanted to be like I you know, I just, like, didn't know. I was, like, very confused by her statement. And on the one hand, I wanted to be, like, well, I am kind of proud of the fact that for 2,000 years, people have tried to kill us and we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, like, on the other hand, <laughs> I was, like, why? <laughs> you know, I mean, what's the difference? Like, you could be proud to be Jewish. You could be proud to be a Christian. Yeah. You could be proud to be a woman. or a man. Like, what's wrong with being proud, proud of, of who you are? are? Right so I enough. guess that's,
1: I don't know what the actual conversation was, but if I heard somebody say that, I think I would have turned around and said, isn't that so great to see people being proud of who they are? Like just turn mm-hmm. it and then sort of, she would have either shut up and walked away or agreed. And then you, you would have known her ass would have been on the table.
0: Right. I will remember that
2: the next time. I'm just like, so, ner- I mean, there was some things that like, I don't mind talking about things that I feel like are kind of more neutral or something like that but when it comes to religion i'm very like uh i don't know if i want to go there with
1: that (laughs) don't be afraid but again you can always present it in a way that isn't about them but that's about you right and you can put a positive spin on it and then it gives people a chance to to change and to soften
0: that's okay. why they pay you the big buck.
1: Yeah, I like, like to just buy. walk around. <laughs> okay,
0: but I think I see like a really if this is not what you're coaching people on, you really should be coaching people <laughs> on how to take inflammatory situations and diffuse them.
1: I work yeah. with a lot of people on how to what you know we can only control ourselves and so how to get a position of power how to find empowerment and it is the same thing that you just said so if there's something that upsets you or makes you uncomfortable what could you do differently Mm -hmm. to have altered the outcome Mm -hmm. Uh, and that is what I work with people on and and then it's mindset work yeah
0: that's fantastic to know we may have to have you back for an entire conversation just about that maybe when the book launches (laughs) let's do it it is it is so important to me and that's really i think that's what you know I, i've been struggling as we go through this butterfly transition here on how to make the transition from where we were where we want to be our new identity what we're, what role we're still trying to play without losing that that whole idea that we are here to encourage and support each other not to knock each other down but yeah. really it's really hard when people say some stupid stuff sometimes not to be like, that's so ignorant and that's so stupid, but I am working really hard on trying to, I'm a very passionate person. Mm -hmm. I am working very hard at trying to have more of that calmness, have some of those. I think, you know, I hadn't thought about it till right now, but I'm just about, I'm going to add another section to the book and I'm going to reach out to you for help on this to have some (laughs) some tools in your pocket for if somebody says this, then you can say this instead of getting fired up about it. And some easy ones are like, if somebody calls me a libtard, how do I reply to that?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Reframing, reframing is magic. Uh Uh-huh. And it just really,
0: if we can have, if we can diffuse conversations, then we can have real conversations. Can I tell y'all a secret? Yes. This is one of the nastiest things I've ever done to somebody. And it (laughs) plagues me years later. I told you I was was raised a conservative Christian, you know, Republican all the way. George W. Bush all the way voted for McCain first time around against. um, No, I voted for Bush, but um, I voted for McCain, the first Obama thing, which I am still ashamed of. Um, but I did correct myself to say the second time around, but I voted for what I thought was right for me at the time. And that's why I I feel like I'm very empathetic to people who vote based on party lines and, and, and vote on what they know because it is very much an education experience. And I cannot possibly expect people to feel the same way about subjects that I do because I feel that way because of my life experiences.
1: Absolutely. We all come to the, to the table with what's happened to us. That's why we, we choose what we choose. But I would just say, you don't want to go out and vote what you know, you want to go out and know more to vote.
0: Yes. And that's where I have gotten in life, but it took a lot of life experiences and being open to conversations. And being open to saying that just because that's what I've always done or always thought or always believed doesn't mean it has to say that way. Apply that to anything. Exactly. But back in the day when I was still hardcore Republican, I had a very close friend. I was active duty in the Air Force and one of the very few like liberals in my... <laughs> <laughs> like then it was like one of the Wait, he was a liberal and so in she, the military. <laughs> he was a pilot, a navigator, sorry, a navigator in the Air Force, female, very liberal. And um President Clinton uh was no longer president, but he came to visit us in uh where we were deployed. And I thought that was awesome, whether I liked him or not. I got to meet a former, a president, former president and take mm-hmm. a picture with him, and I just thought that was the coolest thing. But that was kind of a life-changing event too, because for the first time I actually listened to him, because he mm. came to speak to us, and I, I heard what he was saying, and I heard what he was saying about Hillary. And to be quite honest, that was probably the moment where I started having changes because I was like, "Wait a minute, wow, I'm listening to him, and what he's saying makes sense, and yeah. I like it." And I'm like, "What the hell is happening here?" Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Blah, 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 blah. at the time, like it was when um, we were first starting to see Hillary get involved in politics. And, um, so this was decades, not decades ago, shoot, almost decades ago. This was 2002, 2003. Right. Yeah. And, um, she had just written her first book. He was actually promoting the book when he was over there talking to us. And, um, my friend was totally pro Hillary and I was on the totally, I hate Hillary bandwagon for nothing else other than that's what people told me I should be. And I was right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mailed her. This is the thing. This is the secret. This is the thing that I did that still eats me alive. You mailed
1: a hate letter to Hillary Clinton? No, I
0: wish that's what I'd done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I oh my God. us. So when,
0: when I came back from the deployment and I came back early because my wedding was planned. So my, the rest of my unit was still over there. I went to the bookstore and I found a book that was about how terrible of a person Hillary was and why you should hate her. And I mailed that to my friend because <laughs> I wanted to show her that Hillary was this bad, awful person. And this book says it. And I am Because so everything
1: ashamed. in a book is true.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> I, you know, and, and needless to say, that girl and I did not have a friendship much longer after that. And I'm so ashamed of that moment. And from then, from that point, I have always tried to say, you know what? It's not about changing what they believe because that's impossible to that's do. That's right. That's impossible to do. It's about having open conversations and showing and telling and talking about and communicating and expressing why I believe what I believe or why this is a good thing or not. And let them come to their own conclusions. That's still, I mean, it's been 15 years. You should look for her. I have tried. I, I have uh, connect I reconnected with her a few years ago. We had but I have never gone back and said, you know what, I hate myself for doing that stupid. Do thing. it again. We That's have to hate
1: yourself. To. Just say I've <laughs> learned so much since then and I'm really sorry I did this. And guess because what? I for what? <laughs> <Hillary>. <laughs> Forgiveness is about those of us who do the forgiving. That's right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And um it is kind of kindly. I mean, I, because right now, like, for Jewish people, we're, like, heading into the high holidays, and the high holidays are all about, like, looking back
1: at your own behavior
2: and thinking about um, how you can repent for them, but not repent in the sense that, like, you punish yourself for them, but, you know, how can you take this moment and turn it, use it to transform yourself and make sure that you are, like, written in the book of life, and so... If So this would be like a great time, like a symbolic time for you to like really reach out and be like, I'm still haunted by the thing that I did. And I I like need to tell you, you know, that I I feel so
0: bad about it. I do. And I do. I'm haunted by it. And you know what? I lost like she and I were good friends. It was someone that I could have those deep, meaningful conversations with, even if we disagreed. But then I took it to that level of you have to believe what I believe. And this is, I don't know, that the book may have had nothing to do with it. Our lives of being te- sure. deployed yeah. in different places. and then But the situations. fact that you are, but oh. the fact that you're still thinking about
2: it 15 years later means that you know. Yep. Yeah. Maybe even if she doesn't remember
1: it, you then remember. She remembers it, but no, no. I have a, a, a signature course, which I'm about to launch again in October. And one of the chapters is about the importance of forgiveness. Yeah. We literally talk about it as, as a reframe, as a way of moving past blocks in your life. Because when you hold on to those things that like that, that just eat away at you, you cannot grow. Not right. the way you're supposed to. Right. And it's yeah. not
0: even like, it's something that every day I wake up and I'm like, I can't of course. I yeah. Alicia that book, but it does still, obviously I'm talking about it in this conversation. You know, it's something that comes up and, but I think I use that also as an opportunity to share the story with people to yeah. say that, you know what you can completely change your frame of mind on everything. And I'll be just, you know, it's, it's things like going through what we went with our daughters. It's things like the story that I shared with you about being held up at gunpoint as a 12 year old. It's things like this that shape me and change how I feel or, you know, losing a child, spending 16 weeks in the hospital, seeing how crappy our healthcare system is, putting Mm -hmm. all of these things, like living these things is why it's like, I have completely changed my opinion on so many aspects. It's also like changed my aspects on on I mean just so many things. Our right to choose what happens to our body and things like that. Like oh, I mean deep deep yeah. things that don't just come because I just decided one day that this person said I should feel it that way.
1: Yep. Life experience though, right? Life experience. Yeah, exactly. So, Oh, I feel
0: like we could chat for like if we had the same <laughs> problem in your in your thing. We're yes. like, we gotta wrap it up. This is gonna be yeah. like a 10 part interview. <laughs> but <laughs> it's uh it's really been a pleasure to talk to you and um, you know I just I love conversations with you are so easy and it's cool Thank because you. we're talking about really tough subjects, but at no moment do I ever feel uncomfortable. Maybe it's because we agree on everything.
1: <laughs> okay. bubble. I, bubble, I had bubble, somebody, bubble. I had a listener request that I bring uh, some, somebody, a Trump supporter or somebody who does not have my ideology onto the brave files. And I am trying to work my way up to doing that, but it would be such a different type of interview than I normally do, but I've people asking for it. So I have a go. couple
0: suggestions for you actually of people that are in my bubble that send
1: them to me. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I just, I just don't talk politics with because I don't know how yet to do it in a way that wouldn't, I just, I, I don't, I just don't know how to talk
1: to somebody that voted for like, I know it's hard and it, it, it's but, different. You know, my I, show, we tell these brave stories and I'm like, There's nothing brave about voting for Trump. So it's really hard for Uh, me to interview them. Well, here's what's great. Just sticking
0: to your ground on it. It's true. (laughs) But I just like, I don't
2: know. know. Part of it is just that, like, I definitely make judgments about people who voted for Trump. Like, I definitely had changed my opinion of people, like, wow, you are not as intelligent as I thought you were. You are, you know. You know, I, it's, it's well, like, I, just, I just lost respect for them because they I was just like, something. I don't understand.
0: I can how... understand people voting for Trump. I really can. I can. I can understand the act
1: of doing it at the time.
0: Those that's who still
1: support—that's that's the problem. I knew right you were going to say that. Me too. That's, that's if you still support him, you're not a nice person. You're right. just not a nice I mean, person.
0: Every day, gosh darn it! I almost said a much worse word. Um, that's oh, I would have said it. This almost – this thing that just happened with Senator John McCain, a fellow Republican, and he didn't even leave the the flag at half-staff for longer than, like, six hours or something. I don't know if you've been following Until
1: he got pressured to put it back down. By both
0: sides. By both sides of the lines who were like, this is ridiculous. He is an American hero. He has served – what are you doing? You're being a – Right, but, I mean, he's always been been – disrespectful McCain. he had no
2: respect for the fact no, that he no. was a pow no. i mean he just he's like oh well i never would have gotten caught
0: like really yeah <laughs> Trump, Trump <laughs> if is, i find it hard to believe you know, <laughs> it blows my mind
1: mccain though was classy until the end there were lots of times where i did not agree with john mccain me too but his his farewell speech i don't know if you all read it if you haven't, haven't. go go google it oh Alexi, you gotta read it it was really beautiful first of all the man asked both President Obama and President w- George W. Bush to speak. I heard and he that. lost a presidential election to, to both of those of men. Us. Yes. So what kind of character is that, right? And um, the whole speech is great, and it's just beautiful. He talks about, you know, still believing in America, but at the very end, he said, I have made mistakes like everyone, but I wouldn't trade a single day of my life, good or bad, for the best day in somebody else's life. Mm. And I thought, may I be that lucky? Yeah. To say that on my deathbed. Yeah. It's beautiful. You should read it. So I don't want to talk about the idiot. (laughs) Let's talk about the hero. Yes. Yes.
0: And let, you know what, let's talk about him for a second. This is nothing to do with what we normally talk about the podcast, but I really feel, um, as a veteran, as the daughter of a fighter pilot, as the granddaughter of a pilot who died while flying a fighter pilot, like I've always felt this massive connection to John McCain, even though I haven't always agreed with everything that he does. And I really wish I could get his sweet little daughter to cross over. <laughs> she will <laughs> Megan. She will. Yes, I think she was pulling the line for Daddy, but maybe now that Daddy's not here anymore, she'll, she'll, yeah, um, she'll think take she her
1: nose. But you know, that's an interesting. So this this switch in the conversation to me, I actually think if we want to really see progress on all of this, thing, the things you're writing the book for, all the things that we're doing. We need to be talking about the good stuff and stop Mm -hmm. talking about the bad stuff. Not that we want to put our head in the sand and pretend it's not there, but thoughts become things Mm -hmm. and we need to focus on what's good and what's right and continue to push that and put our energy into those things versus, I mean, look at how hostile we all got (laughs) talking about Trump and I'm (laughs) with you, (laughs) but it doesn't make anything better. Uh And also he wants the attention. So let's not give it. Uh, oh, Agree.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, but I just like have a hard time. I'm like, what is good right now about being a repub- okay? Like, I so what have they see- done lately that is beneficial to society? I'm like, not. I mean, I read the newspaper fairly often. I'm like, not seeing anything come look out of for this. it.
1: You got to look for it. I don't know. This is why I have a gratitude practice. I swear to you that it is because at the end of the day, I need to figure out what happened in this day. That I am grateful for the person who, who helped their transgender child change their birth certificate or, you know, the person who held the door for me as I was coming in or, you know, spending time with my friend whose daughter's in a wheelchair there. They're my, my friends who have twin, twin, um, Alexa and their little girls uh, here. It was interesting. I'm going to interview her. I'd love to interview you both. Oh, that'd time. be, that'd be amazing. Sure. Her, her story, cause we were talking about yours and, and she said, We are still grieving. Mm -hmm. Our daughter is here and we love her and we're so glad, but we are still grieving. It never goes away. It was really interesting. Uh, But I I find the gratitude and a gratitude practice has been game changing for me because like you said, Nancy, you can just get lost in all the awful, but there is good stuff. There is. You just got to find it how did you You know but i mean i like
0: amazing uh,
2: (laughs) but i mean i like you know there is good stuff that happens to me personally but in terms of like what our government is putting out
1: our government like, is Like, I out am not <laughs> but, seeing. But not everybody. But look at what Elizabeth Warren is doing. Yes. Look at the things that Sanders are, is still doing. Or Maxine. God, I can love Maxine, right? But like, we,
2: expect, we expect those things from people. So I'm just saying, like, if we are trying to find some way to validate the Republican Party.
1: Oh, no, we're not. What are they doing? Don't focus on that. No. Look at the other stuff. Because the other no. people are working really really hard to keep us from going down the quicksand.
0: But you, you know what thought always crosses my mind too is that I pay attention to these things. So it's front and center to me, right? But there's a lot of people who are just stuck in the grind of the day who yeah. don't watch the news, who don't pay attention to political stuff. And they just, they go to the polls and they vote Republican because that's what they've been told to do. They're not paying attention to the ins and outs. And I think this is where we we have the opportunity to bring the conversation to people so that they see yeah you know, in a positive way to see. And if we're focusing on the good stuff, you can do that.
1: Yeah. Let me tell you, share a story with you. Hopefully this will give you a little bit of hope. So I come from a family uh, that is, they're very conservative. Um, I have a lot of extended family out in Texas. Very, very red. Um, my uncle, whom I adore, I love my family. We struggled. They all said I called them the devil after the election. And I might have actually said that if you voted for him, you're the devil. Um, <laughs> But my uncle, Mike, who is a bricklayer, these people work with their hands. They work all day, every day. Uh, We have a lot of things that we do not agree on. But the other day, and I know they all voted for Trump. The other day, he tagged me in a video on Facebook. And I was like, oh, shit, what is this? Like, I was scared to look at it. And it was a video of a man who used to be in the KKK and a Muslim meeting and sitting down for a conversation And opening each other's minds and changing the course of each other's lives. So here's my uncle, who I would think doesn't know anything about politics, doesn't do anything, probably just went out and made the vote, probably loved the fact that he was all, you know, boys will be boys talk. He's paying enough attention that he looked at this, he watched it. And then he tagged me on it to say, look, Heather, there's something good that's happening. Mm -hmm. And I had the opportunity to say, Uncle Mike, thank you for sharing this with me, because these conversations are the only thing that's going to change the world. And he wrote back, love you, honey. So there are people paying attention. Oh, that's a really good story. (laughs) That is a really good story. Like I'm tearing up kind of
0: story. Yeah, I did. (laughs) I was,
1: I was blown away by it. Really? Like I was flabbergasted. It just, it gave me a lot of hope. I am,
2: this is kind of awkward, but I have to go pick up my (laughs) dog.
1: No, it's awkward. I think we're a little over time. Surprise, surprise. Well, hold I will cut that part out. So um, let, me just, let me
0: do a nice like wrap up here. Okay. All right. Well, I would love to close this out while we are on a moment of true hope. That was a beautiful sentiment, a beautiful story. And my hope is that that's what we are going to continue doing through this podcast, yeah. through more relationships with you, through the book that you are a co-author in through having these conversations that focus on hope, focus on gratitude, focus on the good and, um, and how we can make the world better really. And so thank you so much for being a part of it. All of it. Thank you for being you. You're amazing.
1: Thank you. I need more Heather. <laughs> oh,
0: come and on. Quickly, you mentioned a course. What is your course?
1: The Chaos to Clarity course. It only launches two times a year, and we're about to launch again in October. So it's a month-long course that has some self-guided work and comes with group coaching uh, once a week for a month. Very Amazing. exciting.
0: Where is the best place for people
1: to connect with you so they can find out more? www.vickeryandco.com. Super easy to find.
0: Perfect. Thank you so very much. This
1: was fantastic. Thank you. It was great. I can't wait for the book. Thanks for letting me be part of it. Absolutely. Thanks (laughs) for an amazing story. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye, ladies.